Let's start out in Luke um, chapter 10, uh, verse 38. I don't know if you knew it, but a couple of weeks ago, um, right before Pastor Caleb ministered, Pastor Mark got up and um, just exhorted us about recognizing and being aware of the presence of God. And it was just a confirmation to me that that's what I was going to be ministering on tonight. So thank God for the Holy Spirit. And in verse 38, it says, As they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village. A woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. She had a sister, Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on every word he said. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later, she stepped in, interrupting them, Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. The master said, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course and won't be taken from her. And in the Amplified, verse 40, it says, But Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities. And she approached him and said, Lord, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do the serving alone? Tell her to help me and do her part. And I'm going to be honest with you, for a long time, this passage of Scripture bothered me. I didn't get it. Because I love to be serving. I love to have my hands on something doing. And when, you know, you know what you're good at. You know where your place is. Most everybody does by, you know, the age that we have in here. I hope by now you kind of know where you fit in. And that's one area that I love to be. I love to, to serve. I love to, to be doing and make things happen. And when you do that, there's a certain amount of, when, you, when you're in your place, there's a certain amount of satisfaction and fulfillment with that. So I just couldn't get this verse. It's like, I'm, I'm doing what I know I'm supposed to do. And I'm, I'm fulfilled with that to a certain point and satisfied with that. So what is the deal with this scripture? What is this? I mean, it bugged me. But ministry can never take the place of fellowship. And that's what's happening here. Mary is choosing to fellowship and sit at the feet of Jesus, to be in his presence, to hear his word, hanging on every word that he's speaking. And Martha is doing something that's needful. But at that time, she needed to be at the feet of Jesus. And sometimes even in ministry or even in our everyday life, we can get so wrapped up in what we are supposed to do, what we're called to do, whether it's ministry or or your job or what you feel called to do. You can get so wrapped up in that that you forget and you um, abandon sitting at the feet of Jesus. And that is the most important thing. That is the best meal is to sit at the feet of Jesus and be in his presence. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about tonight is being in the presence of the Father, being at the feet of Jesus, not abandon our place in the kingdom of God and in in, um, fellowship with the Holy Spirit and hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. If you don't turn everything off and take time to hear his voice, you're missing the most important thing. The ministry or the service that you do is going to wear you out. 
is going to drag you down because the most important thing is to sit at his feet and, and be in his presence and hear his word and get his word in you. There's several things that can keep you from being in the presence of, of God. And I'm sure y'all can name a few. You can throw out a few if you want to. Do what? I still didn't hear you. Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, social media. That's definitely something that wasn't a distraction 20 years ago. But that is a distraction now. It definitely is. But fear. Fear can be something that keeps you from coming into the presence of God. Guilt can be something that keeps you from coming into the presence of God. Um, in Genesis, when when Adam disobeyed the Father, I mean, disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden, the first thing that he did was fear the presence of God. He feared being in the presence of God. When he heard God come walking in the garden, it said, in the cool of the day, they ran and hid because they were afraid of being in his presence. So fear is something that can keep you from being in the presence of God. But God desires that most important thing that we be in his presence. We belong there. You know, and if you, the more you spend time in the presence of God, and when I say in the presence of God, that would include being in the word of God. The word and the spirit agree. So you need the, you need to have the word because what you hear the spirit speak to you, you need to know that it's backed up by the word. That way you know that you're hearing the Spirit of God. If at any time you hear the Spirit of God and it doesn't line up with the Word of God, you're not hearing the Spirit of God. Or if you think you heard the Spirit of God, it's always going to line up with the Word of God. So when I mean being in His presence, that means hearing, seeing, and uh, digging into the Word. And and um, the Word and the Spirit will always agree. Um, and this story, we have heard this so much lately in this church. Anybody heard the story of Esther? <laughs> Just quite a few times. But I mean, it, it's like if the more you hear something, the more you hear the word and the more you dig into the word, there's so much more than what you see on the surface the first time. Every time you read it and every time you get into a story, you're going to see something else. And... Um, God just, the Holy Spirit just led me to this and the story of Esther, and I'm not going to read all of it. Um, matter of fact, I'm not going to read any of it. I'm just going to kind of do a, a brief um, synopsis of it. You got Esther, Mordecai, Haman, and King Ahasuerus. And if any of you say I pronounced that wrong, <laughs> I looked that up on the internet. Thank you. There's actually several ways to pronounce it, and I'm not going to try the Hebrew way. But there was just a chain of events that took place that led Esther to a place where her people needed deliverance. If she didn't go before the king, uninvited, mind you, which would uh, could possibly lead to her death, if she, if she went into the king uninvited and he chose not to receive her, she could be killed because this was something that you didn't do. So she had to make a decision to go before the king and put her life at risk. And as uh, Mordecai put it, um, for such a time as this, how do you know that you haven't been called for such a time as this? And so Esther did what she should have done, what she was actually brought to the kingdom to do, is to go before the king and um, and plea for her not at that moment, but just through a, a chain of events. Like I said, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But she came before the king and took a chance and asked for freedom or deliverance for her people. And they were um, 
they were spared. They were not killed. And there's things, you know, for the, what, what I was thinking about in this and what the Holy Spirit was bringing up in me in the presence of God. There's things that we have to get from the presence of God, from the presence of the King, from being in His presence that that needs to accomplish on this earth that we're not that's not going to be done if we don't come into His presence, if we don't come into the Holy of Holies, if we don't come in into His presence and find out what needs to be done or present something to Him as far as what's going on in our nation or your your neighbor. Or your family. We need to be coming before the king. But there's one big difference between Esther coming before the king and where we are today. Esther was not invited, but we've been invited. Every one of you, if you're born again, you have been invited to come into the presence of God. We don't have to wonder, do we belong there? We don't have to fear if we can go into his presence. We have been invited. <coughs> Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. It says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended unto heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess for, profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then, verse 16, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Do you ever need God? You ever need help? You know, prior to the crucifixion, I want to read in Hebrews chapter 9, um, we weren't able to come into the presence of God. We weren't invited into the presence of God. A priest once a year was able to come into the Holy of Holies to present a sacrifice. In verse in chapter um, 9, verse 1, Now the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up. In its first room were the lampstand and the table with its consecrated bread. This was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place. And in uh, verse 7, But only the high priest entered into the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. And then in verse 11, but when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now ready, he already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not a part of this creation. The blood of, go of, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God? The perfect sacrifice has been made for us. Cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. So the perfect sacrifice has been made so that no more sacrifices have to be made. You know, sometimes we just look at the Old Testament and we just see it as something that, 
I mean, that happened way back then. That really doesn't affect me. Could you imagine if we still lived in the day where we had to sacrifice for the sins that we committed? I mean, yeah, I don't know if you've read much in the Old Testament, but it was long and detailed. And they were coming up. I mean, there was a list of things that I'm thinking, oh, wow. Uh, we would just stay continually making sacrifices at our house. I mean, wow. But Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice. Amen. The veil of the temple, Matthew 27 and verse 50. And I'm not reading the backgrounds to these. Most of you um, know the backgrounds here. I'm just reading these main scriptures. But in verse 50, it said, And when Jesus had cried again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. At that moment, we have the right once we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we become a born-again uh, creation, we now have the right and privilege to come into the presence of God. We no longer have to go through a priest. We have the right. We have been invited. We've actually been commanded to come into His presence. Why would we not want to be there? Amen? First Peter 2 and verse 9, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. There was um, um, something that just really stuck out to me in this scripture, a royal priesthood. It is still the priest that goes into the Holy of Holies, but that's you. You are the royal priesthood. We as the children of God have been called royal priesthood. So it is still the priest that goes into the Holy of Holies, but that's me and you. That's you and me. The veil has been torn so we can enter in at any time. Matthew 6 and verse 6. I know this scripture when uh, it talks about going in, I'm going to read it in a second, but um, it talks about going into your closet. But there's two meanings I want us to get out of this. It says in verse 6, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogue and on the street corners, to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Now, I know right here he's talking about um, not praying in front of other people, trying to show that you are righteous, you know, making people know that you know how to pray and, and you're, you've got it all together and you're holy and, and all this. But at the same time, when you go into your closet and when you close the door, it's just me and Jesus. It's that time that I'm in His presence. It's that time that I choose to leave my phone on the other side of the door. To leave my conversations with other people on the other side of the door. It's that time that I choose, just as, as um, Esther chose, I choose to come into the King's presence. To come into His presence and sit with Him and commune with Him and talk with Him and let Him talk with me. He wants to talk to you as much as, as he wants you to talk to him. 
There's things that he wants to tell you. And there's things in your life that you'll never get. There's, there's desires that God has for you that he wants to place in your heart and he wants to make them big. But if you're too busy, you're not going to get them. You might catch a small glimpse, but the more you sit in his presence, the more you ask him about it, the more you let him talk to you, that's where you're going to get a bigger revelation of what God really has for you. Not just in what you put your hand to, but who you are in him. That you are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are the one that he wants you to, to reach out your hand and heal others. Like Pastor Mark says all the time, it, it, we should be doing out there what a lot of times we think we bring people in here to have taken place. Leading people to Christ, laying your hands on people to heal the sick, seeing people delivered. That's what God wants you to do out there. Most of the time, what's in the church are born-again believers. And as we spend time in the presence of God, you're going to get built up. There's a boldness that's going to come upon you. And you're going to get healed of a lot of things that have been bothering you. If you've got something bugging you, it's amazing what the presence of God can do. It is amazing what the presence of God can do for you if you just spend time in, with Him. I mean, it can take, um, it, you know... <sighs> His presence can break the chains that we were talking about. His presence breaks the shackles. They're broken, but we don't realize it until we get in His presence. We don't realize it until we get the Word inside of us. We don't realize it until we get the boldness in us to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to take that anymore. I'm not going to have that anymore. I'm not going to allow that to be to to have control over my life anymore. And the more you stay in his presence, the more you you spend time with him, the more um the more freedom you're going to have. And we know that Pastor Mark talked on Freedom Sunday, so there's a freedom and then there's a um a link to God to do his will. So your freedom from sickness, disease, you're free from that, but you're bound to do what God's called you to do. You know, and I have, all, I have said this in the past, and I still hear people say it, telling your children you can do whatever you want to do, but teach them they can do whatever God wants them to do because that's where they're going to be fulfilled. That's where they're going to be satisfied. That's where things are going to work out in their lives is when you teach them get find out what's in here every one of us have something in here that burns a desire to do something and as you um begin to to grow on that as you begin to stir on that as you begin to meditate on that it gets bigger and god's able to accomplish in you the desire that he put in you and then that was when you will get fulfilled when you stay in his presence and get that um get that coming out of you amen Psalms 16, verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are ple pleasures forevermore. How desperate am I to get in the presence of God? I had to ask myself that this week. And I, had, I don't think I've ever had so many distractions this past week. 
you know, I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm talking, I'm going to talk about being in the presence of God. So, um, let's make sure we spend some extra time in the presence of God. And I mean, distractions, lots of them from every way. But how desperate am I to be in the presence of God? What will I do to be in the presence of God? What did Zacchaeus do? Zacchaeus knew that Jesus was coming, said he was too short to see him. Uh, I mean, a lot of us will take any little distraction and let it take over. And uh, well, I really need to do this. I really need to take care of this first. I really do need to clean up the kitchen. I'm bad about that. I, I you know, I, I can say I'm going to sit down and read my Bible and there's about 50 things that go through my mind. I got to get this done. Well, I can pray as I walk. I can pray as I clean up the kitchen. I can pray as I um, as I wash clothes. And you just, I mean, at some point, you got to just say, I am not going to allow these distractions to keep me out of God's presence. I am not going to allow them to take me from the Word of God. I am not going to allow them to to um, steal what God has for me and what he wants me to, the peace and the joy that he wants in my life, I'm not going to allow distractions to keep me from that. So Zacchaeus, he was, uh, he was short. Because of the crowd, he couldn't see him. So what did he do? He climbed in a tree. I mean, how many of you are going to climb in a tree to see Jesus? I mean, come on, you say you're going to, but are you going to climb in a tree to see Jesus? Zacchaeus was desperate. He wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to be in his presence. And what happened when he got in the presence of Jesus? He changed. When Jesus came to him and began to talk to him, he changed. Jesus came and, and um, came and ate with him, came and visited with him at his house, and there was a change in Zacchaeus. And you know what? People don't like that. When somebody that, that, um, that is known for being bad and wrong and, and mistreating people and... Jesus makes a change in their life. Sometimes we don't like that. We're thinking, uh, yeah, right. He's, he's really changed. They're really changed. We should be rejoicing and, and supporting them and praying for them and encouraging them. And when they make a mistake, encourage them and pray for them and back them up. Get behind them in prayer. Encourage them. Back them up, pray for them over and over. That's what Jesus is doing for you. Amen. That's what he does for me. That's what he's doing for all of us. In John chapter 14 and verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And there's a, there's a, a point in time of coming to God and being in his presence. But then we also need to understand, and this is what Pastor Mark was encourages, encouraging on us on a couple of weeks ago. The presence of God and the spirit of God is always with us. He's always present. 
He's not somebody that comes once in a while and visits and leaves, but he is always with us. And what we need to learn to do is condition ourselves to be aware of his presence. More things, more spiritual good will happen when we begin to recognize that his presence is always with us. He is always present in our lives. That means healing is always present. Uh, deliverance is always present. Present. Provision is always present, but we need to recognize it and be aware of it. Second Corinthians chapter six, six says, what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. He is always present. He is always there. Matthew chapter 28 Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There is never a time that Jesus has ever left you. There is never a time that the Holy Spirit has ever walked away from you or turned his back on you. He is always present. We just need to learn to call on him more. Be aware of his presence. You know, if you had somebody come visit your house and you just ignored them, um, they're probably not going to stay very long. But thank God the Holy Spirit's not going to leave you. Amen. He's going to stay with us even when we ignore him. Even when we brush him off, when he speaks to us and we don't answer back. He's always there. But we are. We're we're. We're learning each day. We're more and more um, aware of his presence. We're beginning to be more and more aware of what God has for us, who we are in Christ, what he's going to do in and through us. In Luke chapter um, 5 and verse 17. Now let me go down to um, Psalms uh, 46.1, sorry. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. I love this in um, in 2 Kings chapter 6 where it talks about Elisha and uh, King Aram. Aram, I don't know how to pronounce it. I guess that's the way you'd pronounce it. He was constantly getting blindsided by the prophet Elisha because he would, um, he would set up attacks against Israel and um, Elisha would know by the Spirit of God what he was going to do and would warn um, Israel so he could never uh, be successful in his attempts to attack them. And um, <clears throat> so king, the king found out from some of his men what was happening. Why was he always failing in his attacks? Um, so he, he put into, he set up a, uh, some of his soldiers to, to capture Elisha. And in uh, verse 15 of Second Kings chapter 6, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, and this is um, Elisha's servant or that was with him, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us, <coughs> excuse me, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. 
Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Our eyes, we just need to pray that. Lord, open my eyes. Holy Spirit, open my eyes today that I can see that God is with me, that you are with me, that you are my help in trouble, that you are my healer, that you are my deliverer, that that you are my provider. And be aware of what's been provided. Be aware of his presence, his ever presence with us. And then back up in, um, I mentioned Luke 5 of verse 17. And now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was what? Present to heal them. Healing. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. There's healing. Healing was present. Luke chapter 6 and verse 45 says, A good man a good man brings things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. If you get in your closet and you take time to, to spend with God, or even throughout the day, when you are busy, when you are um, having to do the various things that are needed to be done, Just continually ask the Holy Spirit, make me more aware of your presence. Make me more aware of the fact that you're speaking to me. The truth is, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you daily. So Holy Spirit, I mean, nudge me a little harder if you need to. Whatever you need to do to to let me know that is you speaking. Nudge me a little harder. Put reminders. Hey, you know, you might as well make good use of your phone since it's such a distraction. Set a reminder on your phone. Hey, um, the Lord's with me. Just throughout the day, uh, remind, put, put reminders on your phone to remind you that God is with me. The Holy Spirit is in me. The Holy Spirit's speaking to me. Do what you have to do. Be desperate to be in the presence of God. Be desperate to be full of the love of God. Be desperate to be filled up with His Spirit. Be desperate to have God working through your hands. Be desperate to have the love of God so coming out of you that 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 you just whoever you walk up to, your smile just leaps over the, the love of God to them. Did you know that's possible? That when you smile at somebody and they see your eyes, the love of God can just come out of you and, and, and touch them and make a difference in their life. I mean, Peter, they were, bringing, um, they were bringing people on beds and laying them out so that when he walked by, his shadow would touch them and they would be healed. He was full of God. He had been in the presence of God. And the more we are in the presence of God, the fuller we are going to be, the more full we're going to be of, of who God is. Our hearts are going to be full of God and that, um, that anointing is going to be there. Healing is going to be there. Provision, whatever somebody needs, you're going to be carrying that. And so it's not going to be just for your life, but it's going to be for those that you walk by, for those that, that, that your shadow just touches. But now that doesn't come from uh, just casually saying, good morning, Lord. I mean, the more glory that comes forth, there's going to have to be a desire there for it. The greater the glory, the greater the desire. If we want 
glory, the greater glory in this church, you're going to have to spend your, your, uh, some time on your knees in prayer. You're going to have to desire it. You're going to have to want it. He's willing. He's here. He's, it's available. But, but whatever we desire, the more we desire it, the more we're going to get. Amen? Are y'all awake? Whatever we fill our hearts with is what's going to come out, good or bad. You know, and there's a reverence to God's presence. Um, he is our Father. He is our King. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. He's not just your buddy that sits beside you at a ball game. He is your friend, but He is the King of Kings. He created you, and there is a reverence that we should have for God. And we shouldn't take things lightly that He's given us, that for what Jesus has done for us should not be taken lightly. He desires for you to come into His presence, and amen, we're going into His presence. We have a desire to be in His presence. We have a desire to be changed, and that's what's going to happen when you get in His presence. You're going to change. We were um, on the way over here tonight, and you know, when you drive for an hour, you can think about a lot of things. And we were, um, I was trying to remember a song that um, a friend of ours um, did, and neither one of us could remember it. But while I was looking for that song, um, I came across this one, and I said, wow, I mean, what better words to a song than this one for tonight? It says, I want to go higher. I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper in your presence, Lord. In your presence, there is joy beyond measure. In your presence, there is peace forevermore. Everything that I desire, I have found in you. Here's my life. Mold me, change me, make me more like you. And that should be our heart's desire. Is I want more of your presence. I want to be more like you, Lord. Let me look like you. When people see me, let them truly see the love of Christ. Let, let the love of Christ be flowing out of me. When people come in contact with me, they don't dread to see me. Well, they might if they're a sinner and they're not ready to change. That's possible. But they, there's something about you because you've been with God. There's something different about you. And there is fullness of joy. There is fullness of joy in the presence of God. And even in, in the ministry um, or, like I said, at your job, you can do things and, and be fulfilled to a certain degree. But there is a fulfillment that comes from being in the presence of God that will only be fulfilled by being there, by being with Him. Amen.